following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast on the BICBP Radio Network with your hosts, EZD Derek Jaws, T-Wave Taylor Sekaterski, Big Diesel Nick Yelich, Bold Claim Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Hats, and Stats. I, as always, am your head man, EZD, Derek Jaws, and I'm here with a special guest host. We've been doing a lot of this lately, bringing in people who know more than us about certain teams and certain divisions. I am joined by Edgar Manessis. Did I say it right? Yes, he said that perfectly. Awesome. Uh, I met Edgar on the Sports Host app, which is a fantastic social media platform for sports and in, in and of itself. Um, the awesome thing about sports hosts is that there's not a whole lot of the toxicity that you see on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, it's, he's one of the many awesome people I've met through that app. I got to join him on a podcast last year. He's joining me this week. Uh, first off, Edgar, tell us about yourselves, my man. Yeah. So I'm from downtown LA. Um, I'm over on the West side. Um, I'm a huge 49ers fan. I've been a 49ers fan all my life. Currently, I am a grad student at the University of San Francisco studying sports management. So that's kind of what I'm up to in my life. Um, kind of just trying to work into the NFL and kind of work uh, at that professional level. So hopefully going to get there soon, but I'm happy to be on the show and kind of speak about the NFC West and what the 49ers got this season. So how did you become a 49ers fan? Just born and raised or? It was kind of, uh, my mom is a, is a Cowboys and Bears fan and my pops is a Niners fan. So growing up, there was that little war of who I would kind of side with, whether it would be the cow, the Cowboys, the Bears or the Niners. Uh, my mom really pushed for the Cowboys. Didn't really work out that way. Uh, ever since I can remember, I've always been a Niners fan, uh, kind of followed in my dad's footsteps and kind of enjoyed watching those games and just everything that unfolded throughout my 22 years of existence so far. Right on, right on. So uh, your, your, your 49ers fandom and your knowledge, therefore, of the NFC West is why you're here and why we're talking about the NFC West. Uh, I, I am a huge fan of this division. Uh, this is probably, uh, we just did the NFC East, and that's the most interesting division just from a hard to look away, but you never know what you're going to get. This division is a barn burner. Uh, it is insane how awesome this division could turn out to be. I don't know if we'll ever see a, a, a division where all four teams make the playoffs, but if there is, this might be it. Yes, I definitely agree. It's, it's one that I'm very excited for. However, I hope it all pans out because I feel like last season we kind of had, it wasn't as amped as it is this season, but obviously the Niners didn't really have a good season because we, we had a lot of injuries. Um, and obviously with COVID, there's so many other complexities that come into it. But this this division, this season, I'm very excited to see what happens, even just in the division, like outside of just the playoffs and all that. Like, I'm just excited to see the divisional games and excited to see how it pans out in the end. Yeah, I mean, if everything we do on this podcast with these divisional uh, previews, we talk about the offseason. The biggest part of the offseason for the Niners has been getting 20 some odd players off IR. It was like looking at that injury list at the end of last year was like, oh man, that was yeah. like wow, talk about an injury bug. Um, and getting all of those people back and, and being healthy is 100% a key, and that's a key for everybody. But I, I don't know if a team got bit harder last year than the Niners did. Yeah, no, I think we had about 26 uh people on IR, and I think it was leading the league. and in the amount of IR, um, it's insane. I, it was sad, and it was so early in the season too. So, uh, what was that week three against the Jets? We lost Nick Bosa. Uh, it was um, Eric Arm. No, not Eric Arm. Said uh, D Ford. I know was injured as well. And then our secondary was pretty injured. Garoppolo kind of struggled throughout the season. And then George Kittle kind of was injured, but you know, did the tank. So he was trying to get back on the field, but. Overall, like Raheem Mostert was was also battling some things, and it was it was a difficult season to watch. However, I think we did pretty well for the most part with what what we what the cards we were dealt. I, I think that's what makes the 49ers so scary. Now I'm going to come straight out and say 
I have the 49ers, if they stay healthy, taking this division. Um, I've grown to be a huge 49ers fan the last couple of years. I like their style. Uh, and we'll get to something else I'm a big fan of in a little bit. But uh, just looking through their offseason here, I mean, bringing back D Ford is huge. Uh, bringing back Trent Williams is huge. Getting Alex Mack from the Falcons, uh, you know, and that's a big name center right there. Uh, obviously, Richard Sherman, it depends on your 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 idea of him. Uh, Solomon Thomas went to the Raiders, brought back, again, I butcher these names, so just kind of laugh at me for it. Uh, Jaquiski Tart. Yes. Uh, and Kyle Juzik both came Use, back. Use Jack. There we go. Uh, who I, I, I saw the other day, Kyle Juszczyk is somewhere like in the fifties or sixties on the, uh, NFL's top 100 list this year, which yeah, is impressive that, that a fullback even made it because there's only yeah. like six <laughs> in the whole league. Um, let's see. Uh, Tevin Coleman went to the jets. Kev, uh, Kendrick Bourne went to the Pats. They re-signed Kawan Williams brought over my, uh, McCole Pruitt from the Titans lost Ronald Blair to the jets. Uh, Ben Garland is yet to be signed by anybody. And, and some of the, you know, the list I have in front of me doesn't say if they've retired or not. So not really sure on some of these, yeah. um, brought over Sino Calamiti Calamete. He's a guard came from the Texans. Uh, I don't know. That's probably why I don't know who he is. <laughs> uh, Nate Sudfield from the Eagles. Uh, I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. It, it's, it's an extensive list for the knives. It's probably one of the longest lists I've seen. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, Ziggy Anza not being signed. Uh, did did he retire or is he still hurt? I believe Ziggy Anza is still unsigned because I think he's injured. Um, yeah, I, they have, he hasn't retired or anything yet. Uh, right. I think he's just kind of still just waiting for a contract or waiting for some a team to pick him up. Right. Uh, Mohamed Sanu came over from the Lions. Hmm. One of the many quarterbacks to see the field last year, CJ Bethard, went to yeah. the Jags. Yes, he uh, did. Just kind of cruising through here. They re-signed Josh Rosen. Didn't know he was still in the league. This and that's one of the best parts about going through these lists. You're like, oh yeah, that guy's still around. Yeah, I don't uh, know. He didn't really have that good of a of a play at the preseason game this past week. Kind of just threw a a pick that there was no like I don't know Josh Rosen. I feel like he could. He had potential coming out into coming out of the draft. Uh, we just haven't seen like the star-studded uh, quarterback that we were promised. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he, he figures it out. I hope he does. He would be a great backup to the backup. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how that pans out with Josh Rosen. You know, I I feel bad for Josh Rosen. I think he got a a little bit of a raw deal coming out. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, you only get a raw deal if you don't play well, right? Yeah. So I agree. But uh, you know, the, like I said, a long list, those we kind of touched on the the biggest, the biggest ones of that. Uh, if you know of any that I missed, feel free to chime in because again, yeah, this, would, this list is long. I would say some of the bigger ones is the Samsung Abukum from the Rams, uh coming over and playing uh the edge uh, for yep. us is is massive. I think our D line is just obviously one of the better ones in the league, but just adding like bolstering that with a Bukum uh would be is amazing. He is a very good talent and he is showing really good signs during, during training camp and just overall on social media, when you see him working out, he's a monster. Um, I'd also say Wayne Gallman. Uh, he's a, he's a great, uh, we have a great, we have a stacked running back core, but he, he can only add to what, what we already have. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice thing to have is when you can pretty much plug and play any running back and they don't really seem to miss us the miss a step. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously getting uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. He was hurt last year. You said his name at the, at the top. Raheem Mostert. There you go. Oh, boy. It's going to be a long day, I guess. Uh, you know, obviously getting him back is going to be huge, too. He had a, you know, some great, a great season for them two years ago. Uh, and obviously, Fred Warner uh, signing the extension is also a huge deal because when you get a stud middle linebacker, you want to keep him as long as you can. So. Yeah, number one in the league. What can I say? We yeah, just have it at, at the middle linebacker and at the tight end position. Yeah, that's tough to fight, man. I mean, it's 
I, I believe personally in any sport, the stronger you are on the middle of the field, the better you're going to be. So in football, that'd be, you know, your running back, which I'm waning on that because, you know, they use running backs a little bit differently in this day and age, but your quarterback, your center, your guards, your nose tackle, your defensive tackles, your linebackers and your safeties. If you're solid down that line, you're going to have a good shot to be okay. Um, yeah. You know, you look at a lot of the teams that are built to, to succeed and you look at those positions, it's hard to argue with, but uh, the, one of the more interesting things here is the draft that the Niners had. First and foremost, I personally believe that Trey Lance is going to be the best quarterback that came out of this draft. Um, I know there are some questions about he played a game last year and then opted out. Um, you know, the year before he lit the world on fire. So uh, I'll tell you, man, I see a lot of my boy Josh Allen in this kid. Yeah, I do. I, I see the arm strength in terms of Josh Allen. I just see Josh Allen is mobile, but I think Trey is a little bit more shifty and he's a, a lot quicker. Obviously, Josh Allen is a, a bigger guy and he'll, he has no problem running through somebody. Yep. Uh, Trey is kind of more of like the Kyler Murray set or yep. like the Russell Wilson with j- just as strong of an arm as Patrick Mahomes. And it was interesting to see his 80 yard touchdown pass. Um, that was a great throw. Yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful throw. A little, it was a, it was a little bit off just in terms of, it was a little a slightly underthrown, um, but it was overall a great ball. He is, he's very poised and very confident. And I think he is one of the better, like uh, better rookies that came out of this year's draft. Well, the, the interesting thing about him too, is, you know, the, the athletic ability, the arm strength, stuff like that was never questioned when you come or, you know, it was the huge question when you talk about Josh Allen, that that's not the case with Trey Lance. Um, I mean, he completed 67% of his passes. Uh, he also set the NCAA record for the most passes thrown in a season without a, without a pick uh, that like, you know, that was the year he threw uh, for 200 and, or 2,786 yards and 287 attempts with 28 touchdowns. Uh, the dude, seems like he's got that unlimited potential going on. And I'll be honest with you. If, if he's not starting at the start of the year, I don't think it's going to take long. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people and I, I realistically think, and I kind of hope that we don't start him early in the season. Um, I obviously have seen what plugging in a rookie quarterback can do to some people. Uh, Alex Smith, kind of went in there he he was overall okay but he wasn't like what he was at the Chiefs or right. we saw we saw flashes of it in Washington but I do think that Trey Lance should have that time to kind of just learn behind Garoppolo Garoppolo is not the worst quarterback I've been a huge Jimmy G believer um, since we picked him up I wouldn't say he is a top 10 quarterback however I would say he is he doesn't win you games. He can't outright win you games, but he doesn't lose you games either. He's a he's really good at just making sure the team is competitive, and I think that's important. And that's something Trey Lance can kind of sit behind and learn until he's completely ready for the professional level. Yeah, you know, and there's something to be said about that. I mean, I you know, again, comparing them to the Bills, you know, we had a great game manager in Tyrod Taylor, and I, essentially what ended up happening there was. Tyrod wasn't going to win you football games. He wasn't going to lose them for you either. But in the NFL, you need a guy who can win you a football game. And I think that's going to end up being Jimmy G's eventual undoing. Uh, I think it would be a smart move, like I said, to, like you said, I should say, to uh, to start Jimmy G at the start of the year. But it wouldn't surprise me, especially in that tight division, if you know there's a game that you need your quarterback to go out and win you one and Jimmy G doesn't get it done. And all of a sudden we're starting, we're going we're gonna to watch the Trey Lance show. Um, yeah, which I wouldn't I be opposed to. I think, I think this kid's going to be special, man. I, I had, I actually had the Niners taking him personally in a mock draft that we did on the network that the podcast is on. Um, and a lot of people were like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm pulling for this, man. I'm, I'm on the verge of buying a Jersey. Like I don't, oh, I don't really? own, I don't own jerseys other than Bill's jerseys. I'm a, I'm, I'm on the verge of buying a Trey Lance Jersey. That's All how right. much I believe in this kid. So I definitely recommend you getting one. It, he he's going to be moving forward. He's going to be the face of the franchise for sure. Absolutely. And because I, I don't think you take somebody in the top 10, let alone third overall, if he's not going to be, I mean, that's, that's gotta be yeah. the belief, right? If you're taking a guy that high, he's gotta be the dude. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think he is that dude. I, I think he has all the skill set 
and the intelligence too. He work, he's working hard. Obviously, uh, Kyle Shannon has mentioned that he is watching game tape the most on the team. Obviously, that could be kind of just like Kyle mentioned, you can put on a movie and kind of turn it on. But he, he's showing big steps forward in terms of a rookie quarterback. And I do hope that he does get his chance. And I hope he is everything that's promised. And I'm looking forward to it. I just think Jimmy G right now is in a good spot. He just has to limit his, his interceptions and kind of stay healthy. And we've seen him battle it out with the best. Drew Brees, that shootout in, in New Orleans was, was amazing. We can see that he can do it. Obviously, there's a little bit – his ceiling is a little bit lower as opposed to Trey Lance where he just has that natural ability and instinct. Absolutely. Uh, with the set, with their second-round pick, the uh, they ended up getting this pick from Las Vegas. Uh, the Niners took Aaron Banks from Notre Dame. And if I – we, we kind of talked about it last week on the show. If you're going to take a lineman from somewhere, Alabama and Notre Dame are probably two good places to bet. Uh, the stats on this guy are unreal. He only allowed two sacks and 19 pressures in 443 true pass sets over three seasons at Notre Dame. That's impressive. Uh, and as a dude who grew up in the trenches, it's a guy from my own heart right there. Uh, and again, protecting, protecting that asset, whether it be Jimmy G or Trey Lance in the backfield, that's seems to be the move, uh, third overall or third round pick. They took Trey Sherman sermon, uh, because you know, when you need a running back, apparently you just running all the running backs go to San Francisco. Uh, they added to their secondary with cornerback Ambry Thomas from Michigan with their third uh, round pick. Then they didn't pick again until the fifth when they took another offensive lineman in Jalen Moore from Western Michigan. Uh, they took defensive back. Demodor Lenore. I there we go. Thank you. you yes, that is, that's better than I would have gotten. <laughs> I appreciate it, dude. I, I butcher names every week when we do this. No, it's you're, it's you're pretty totally bad. Fine. Uh, and then <laughs> here I we go with another. Telenoa Hofunga. Telenoga Hofunga. That's, that's what I was going to say. The safety from USC. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, the running back from Louisiana Lafayette. Because, again, the Niners love their running backs. So Yeah, we have a stacked running back core. And I feel like anyone you plug in could be very successful in, in our offense. Without question. Uh, and I believe I've kind of said it a few times on the show. Um, you know, you either get better or you get worse. There is no lateral movement. And I'm looking at this 49ers team and I'm going, they got healthy and they got better. Uh, this, uh, and this is why I believe this team, as long as, long as the wheels don't fall off on the injury bug, like they did last year, I think this team is going to be tough to beat for anybody. Uh, and I got, I got them winning this division. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I obviously it's a bias, it's a biased opinion. However, I do think the Niners are really good, are really set to make a run at the Super Bowl again this season. Obviously, like you said, if they get all if they're injury prone like they were last season, it's gonna be difficult to kind of reach that level. However, I think we're pretty deep in many positions, especially the running back uh, position. So I do think we have a good team to make it to at least the playoffs and kind of see how that goes. Cause obviously. The playoffs are very uncertain, um, but I do think the Niners out of the NFC West are the strongest and have the most depth for sure. Absolutely. Uh, from there, we are going to move on to who I believe is going to be a very tough team in this division. Uh, and, you know, on the lines of you either get better or you get worse. Uh, they updated or upgraded, in my opinion big time at the most important position with the Rams assigning Matt Stafford. Yes. I have been a Matt Stafford truther for a long time. This dude has thrown for 5,000 yards a couple times on a not great Lions team. Uh, yes, he had one of the all-time greats with Megatron on his roster, but one receiver doesn't do it. I'm sorry. I agree. Um, you know, losing, like swapping him and Jared Goff, I think was a, an automatic W for the Rams. And I think it makes them a legitimate contender or keeps them, upgrades them from, the legit contender they were last year to an even bigger contender this year. Yeah. I think Matt Stafford, I, I am actually really, I'm a really big Stafford fan. I think he's a very, he has a strong arm and he's just a strong individual. Like he plays through injury. He gets whatever he needs done. Obviously in Detroit, it was a little bit more difficult because he didn't really have any weapons besides Megatron. And I would argue Kenny Galladay. I think I, I believe in Kenny Galladay as being a, as a pretty good wide receiver. Obviously, we haven't seen him really have a boom uh, type of season. 
Although I think the Rams kind of overpaid and they kind of sold a lot of their their future for some of the things people they've gotten over the last couple of seasons. I think Stafford was definitely worth it. Goff kind of wasn't really he he had it for a season and then he's kind of been mediocre ever since. But I think Stafford definitely with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, can definitely make a, a big run in this in this division. Yeah, I think uh, you know I I'm pretty sure this is the Rams probably close to their last kick at the can at the win it now idea that they've had um you know you know you look through jared goff i mean he had a good run and then bill belichick wrote the book on how to beat him and it was don't set your defense until after the microphone shuts off and then you have to make it then you make them make decisions and that's where he kind of struggles a little bit and teams saw that they updated their game plan when they played him and you know, he struggled. He didn't, he didn't struggle a ton, but he struggled enough that it definitely took a step backwards for the offense. And now you put in a dude who had to make it work with not a ton around him and did pretty darn well with it. Uh, You know, and then you give him like a, one of, one of the better one, two punches in the league with Cooper cup and Robert Woods. Uh, And then they got Van Jefferson listed as their, actually their number two, because they have woods listed in the slot, but they also added Deshaun Jackson, who, you know, they say this, you know, your speed's the first thing to go. And he doesn't seem to have lost a step speed wise. He just wasn't in a great position the last couple of years. So uh, that'll be an interesting four wide set for them for sure. With uh, Tyler Higby, who's not a terrible tight end. Yeah. He gets, he gets the work done. He's a consistent guy. I'm really interested to see how Deshaun Jackson does. He, like you said, he hasn't really had many good seasons in the past, like what, four years or whatnot, but yeah, he's he's one fast individual, and I and I look forward to seeing Stafford just letting it rip down the field. I mean, he's he's got three or four dudes right there that can take the take the top off a of defense, and they could. But I mean, Woods and Cup are great route runners to boot, so they don't have to do it, but they can. It's it's definitely a dynamic offense to go with one of the best defenses in the league last year, led by Aaron Donald. And you know, looking through this, I mean, that's you know, Kenny Young, Leonard Floyd, Troy Reader. Uh, Darius Williams, Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rupp, uh, Taylor, sorry, Taylor Rapp, uh, Jalen Ramsey, who, you know, does run, like to run his mouth, but for the most part can back it up. Uh, and that front four is pretty stout too. Yeah. I think, I think the one, the couple things that I would be worried about in terms of the Rams defense is obviously they lost Troy Hill. Uh, they also lost uh, John Johnson and yep. obviously Sam Abukum. Um, all three of them were kind of not cornerstones, but they were really important and they played vital roles in that defense. So it'll be interesting to see if they upgraded or downgraded in those positions, obviously with those, with those younger guys kind of stepping in. Yeah. And that's one of the interesting things. Like I'm looking through their, uh, their entire off season move set here and, you know, they brought back, they were able to resign, uh, Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle, Leonard Floyd, uh, the edge guy. They brought over Deshaun Jackson, obviously the trade for between Stafford and Goff, but then, you know, lost somebody to the Lions, lost somebody to the Chiefs, lost somebody to the Browns, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Panthers, the Browns. Oh, then they brought in Kareem Orr from the uh, from the Titans. They lost Josh Reynolds to the Titans. Lost like uh, we talked about uh, Abukum from you know t- uh, to the Niners. Yeah, I mean they they lost a lot of people, and a lot of that had to do with not being able to pay people because they were in a little bit of cap trouble at the start of the start of the off season. So definitely an interesting off season for them there, um, and not a whole lot of splash to talk about, obviously outside of the outside of the big trade. So yeah, unlike unlike I think the Cardinals had the obviously besides the Niners, the Cardinals had a really strong and obviously really splashy off season as opposed to the Rams. However, I do think the Rams kind of did do their due diligence in those smaller positions and kind of uh, making sure they were, they had some depth, obviously with Cam Akers being injured for the season, it's difficult. And I, they have Darnell Henderson, who is obviously going to start at running back, I believe. And a guy that I actually think that he could be a Christian, the next Christian McCaffrey, I believe his name was Jake Funk. Uh, right now he is the third running back in the depth chart, but all points, all all things just kind of point towards a Christian McCaffrey type running back. And I do hope he does get some playing time. I kind of want to see that develop and see if he does kind of progress into what CMC is currently. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that too has to, has to do with staying healthy. So yeah, uh, I agree, which, you know, will be the tail of the tape every time you talk about a, uh, you know, every time you talk about a team, it's all, 
all about how you, you know, how you get there is all about staying healthy. So uh, the interesting side of this too, is the Rams didn't have a first round pick to help kind of make up for some of the losses, uh, but they did do some maneuvering and ended up trading back a, a few times to get more picks to try to uh, maybe more is always better, you know, more throw more things at the dartboard. Maybe, you hit, maybe you hit a couple more times. Yeah. Uh, they started with their second round pick of Tutu Atwell, the wide receiver from Louisville. Uh, then they went to Ernest Jones, linebacker from South Carolina. Then their, their first of three fourth round picks, Bobby Brown, the third defensive tackle from Texas, Robert Rochelle, cornerback from Central Arkansas, and Jacob Harris, wide receiver from UCF. Uh, they took Ernest Brown, the fourth defensive end from Northwestern in the fifth round, then had three seventh round picks with Jake Funk from Maryland, who you just talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Skoranek, there we go, wide receiver from Notre Dame, and then Chris Garrett, linebacker from Concordia University, St. Paul, which even I'm sitting here going, where? But, uh, you know, the seventh round pick, it's that, that'll happen. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough, man, when you're when you're up against it like they are. And that's why I said this might be one of their last – this year and next year might be their last two shots at the, the win-it-now idea. So definitely an interesting offseason for a good team. Uh, I think they did get better. I think their threshold for getting better next year might be a lot smaller than it was this year unless they can score something big in, in the draft. Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't – I wouldn't say that they – overall they got obviously overall they got better as a team however i think they just got better in the more important positions obviously quarterback was huge uh putting in a veteran like stafford uh, and then obviously you have ramsey and donald on the opposite side of the ball so you kind of already are pretty stacked i think the rams have have overall got slightly better it, it's going to be interesting to see how all the pieces kind of fit together uh, especially since last season they kind of fell apart in the playoffs and obviously Jared Goff is, is not even the quarterback there anymore. So I do think they have a strong shot at it. It's going to be interesting to see how I would argue the two defensive side of the teams play in comparison to the two offensive heavy teams, which I would argue are the Cardinals and the Seahawks in the division. Yeah, I the first time the Niners and the Rams play, I am going to be sitting on the edge of my seat like a kid on Christmas looking for just an absolute slug fest. Cause that's what it looks like. It's going to be on paper for sure. Uh, I would agree. You know, and, and uh, when you see the C, uh, Seattle take on Arizona, you could see that 54 to 53 type game that we saw with the Rams and the chiefs a couple of years back uh, moving on to the C- Seattle Seahawks, uh, the team who I believe has the best quarterback in this division right now. Um, having Russell Wilson is, definitely a reason to believe in a team and you know that's and that's what a good quarterback can do for a team so uh starting off the their offseason this entire division's offseason was interesting uh we've already talked about two of the teams this team they only had three draft picks yeah which is just baffling um and looking through they didn't do a ton in free agency but like bringing back Carlos Dunlap is a big deal. You then lost one of your interior defensive linemen to the chiefs, but you brought in a guard, which helps because when teams beat the Seahawks last year, it's because they beat the tar out of Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, my bills kind of wrote, wrote the book on that one. You know, if you hit the dude, he, he's not going to want to stand in and throw. And I mean, I'm pretty sure he got hit more. He took more hits in that NFL game than any T or any quarterback prior to him ever had. Uh, and it was kind of the downturn of their season. So, uh, they were able to get Tyler Lockett, uh, locked up. They extended him, uh, KJ Wright, Greg Olson, Bruce Irvin, and Quentin Dunbar are currently unrestricted free agents unsigned anywhere. Again, my list doesn't say whether or not they've retired or not. Greg Olson Uh, is the only one that retired from, from those guys. Right. Which makes sense. I mean, he kind of, he retired and unretired once already, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, but they also lost Jacob Hollister to the bills. Uh, brought back Benson Mayoa, lost Carlos Hyde to the Jags, who, oh boy, the Jags are going to be interesting this year. Um, they brought over Al Woods from the Jags. Cedric Obaguhai? I don't know. I butchered that one. That was a pretty good pronunciation, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they re-signed him. They brought over Gerald Everett and Kerry Hyder. 
from the Rams and the Niners. So bringing in guys inside the division, I've seen a lot of that this year, which you usually don't. Uh, but I think a lot of teams are kind of getting the, Hey, you played in that system last year. What do they do? Because the best way to make the playoffs is to win your division. So um, not seeing a bunch of other huge splash plays here. Uh, I would say I would honestly argue the Akella Witherspoon from the Niners and the loss of Shaquem Griffin were pretty, I think probably the bigger ones out of the rest of the guys that, that are the rest of the Seahawks offseason. I would, I would argue those would, would probably be absolutely. the most important ones for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're talking, you know, losing, you know, losing guys in your defense, that was your soft spot last year. You know, your quarterback got hit a lot and your, your defense didn't play well. So he couldn't stay safe by just handing the ball off. So losing dudes uh, like that is, is tough. Yeah. Their defense was pretty bad last season, especially right now. I think the, uh, Adams is kind of uncertain if they, he's going to get a contract extension or whatnot. However, I did hear that Russell Wilson was willing to take a pay cut in order for them to pay Adams uh, and to pay one of their linemen. Uh, but we'll, uh, obviously, if, if Adams moves on, I think their defense is going to be a lot weaker than, than it was last season. Absolutely. Um, you know, have Bobby Wagner still Bobby Wagner. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have that, oh, my God, type player on, the, on their front four or they're, they, it looks like they run more of a three, four, um, you know, and again, Jamal Adams is the standout on that defense. Uh, Quandre Diggs back there at free safety, but right now he's their number two. Uh, it's, you know, it just seems like a whole lot of meh defensively offensively DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett might be one of, again, one of the best one, two punches in the game, Russell Wilson, hard to argue with, uh, they don't have that, you know, this feels like a team that was always known for their running game and they don't have that, like that, that dude in their backfield right now. They have a, just a bunch of guys. It kind of seems. Um, yeah. Chris, Car- although Chris Carson, I've heard really good things about him in, in the, in previous weeks that he's really trying to come back and have a really good season uh, beforehand. Obviously he was in, he had a lot of injuries in the last two seasons, I believe, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in that offense this season although they are a pass-heavy offense, so you're kind of going to rely on Russell Wilson and DK and Tyler Lockett. But you could you could expect something pretty good from Chris Carson, I believe. Yeah, especially with that run-first mentality, it kind of opens things up a little bit more as opposed to not having that guy that can tote the rock like, you know, say a Marshawn Lynch would. And, you know, it definitely opens up holes for guy a guy that, you know, isn't expected to run the ball hard and run the ball a ton to kind of gash and dash people a little bit. And I'll tell you, I don't know much about Dwayne Eskridge, who is their second round pick from Western Michigan as a wide receiver. But if you're telling me that I get to be the third receiver on the field with Metcalf and Lockett around me, I'm probably pretty excited because I'm probably going to get a lot of balls because the teams are going to be worried about stopping those two because those dudes can take over a game, which means I get to be the guy that gets the rest of the balls. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think it's, I think it's difficult to game plan against a one-two punch like that. DK is just mat- dude's massive, and he can he's a t- uh, touchdown threat all the time. Doesn't matter where they are on the field. And Tyler Lockett just has that speed in order to take the top off of any defense. So I think Dwayne Eskridge has a really good shot in terms of making a name for himself in that wide receiver core. Yeah, and for our uh, fantasy players out there, that might be a guy to watch as far as a you know a, a late rookie to take a look at. If you're looking for a you know a depth guy to fill your roster, because that that guy might he might go off, especially in PPR leagues, I would agree. Absolutely. Um, fourth round pick they got from Tampa. So this is the interesting. I love reading these things because they've had they had three picks this year. Only one of them was their own, and that was the Eskridge pick. Uh, their fourth round pick they got from Tampa. They took Trey Brown, the cornerback from Oklahoma, and in the sixth round. They took or the sixth round from Seattle through Miami and Chicago. They got Stone Forsyth, the offensive tackle from Florida. What a name. If you're an offensive lineman and your first name is Stone, I kind of want you on my team. I kind of expect them to kind of just be one of the best offensive linemen they have, to be honest. He very well may be. Um, and actually, let's see. They got him listed as their third left tackle right now. So, but you know, he's a, he's a six or seventh round rookie. That's kind of to be expected. 
but uh, you know, offensive linemen kind of like running backs come out of the woodwork from those late picks. You know, it's tough to hit on a, on, on an offensive lineman. But when you hit on one, I mean, one of the best guards in the game right now was like a fifth round pick that the bills took in uh, Wyatt Teller. So I'm not willing to ever look at a, a late round defense or offensive lineman to be like, man, he ain't going to work. So yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think the Seahawks especially need offensive linemen. They, they, I kind of, they should hope that he does work out because obviously Russell Wilson expressed that he needed some linemen. And then that's when Seahawks Twitter and NFL Twitter win and said that Russell Wilson was going to get traded. He was angry <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and then you got all the GMs coming out of the woodwork, but I definitely think if the Seahawks can get an offensive line together, their very small window for a su- another Super Bowl opens just a bit. Yeah, and with how young a lot of their offense is, and I mean, obviously, offensive line and defense, you have to address them both. But you know, hopefully, they have more than three picks next year and can kind of address that too. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that you look at this team and because of Russell Wilson and their offense, you think they could be in it. Uh, but at the same time, if they run into even one or two of the problems they had last year, especially keeping Russell Wilson upright, it's going to be a long season. Yeah. The, I, I think, I think for the most part, their offensive line, it comes number two to the defense. I believe obviously defense wins you games. Russell Wilson can win you a lot of games, regardless of how many yards you have to run behind the scrimmage. However, we saw in the in the playoffs when they played against the Packers, like they couldn't their their defense was just not holding up. They couldn't stop Rodgers. They couldn't really do much. Um, and we even saw them lo- lose to the Jets, who were, if I if I remember correctly, hadn't won a game yet. Yeah, so, the uh, the Jets won their first game against them last year, and it was a week after I said they were going to. I was a yeah, week I, off. I, I, yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I also had meant I had also in our podcast mentioned that I believe the Jets were going to beat them. And it, it was weird to see it considering that the Seahawks were the number one team in the NFC West and kind of the powerhouse in the NFC. However, it's, I think they lack a lot in defense. And if they can figure that out, I think their window for a Super Bowl will be, will, will be a little bit bigger than our, than what they already have with Russell Wilson. Obviously he's getting older now, but he can still play. Yeah. And the other side of that too, is, you know, a, a little bit of that's got to be on coaching. You know, I remember last year in the game that, you know, when the Seahawks lost to the bills, uh, they came out and said like, you know, Hey, like what happened? He's like, well, we had a great game plan if the bills decided to run and they didn't, the bills just decided we're going to throw for 450 yards and four touchdowns today and good luck. And you know, when part of, part of keeping your, uh, your quarterback upright is not making him throw the ball 50 times when you can't protect him. So and that's that's what made it tough on them when they were chasing people he has to throw the ball and when he has to throw the ball you can kind of pin your ears back and go on a pure pass rush and you're not going to run the ball when i'm up by 20 because you're trying to catch me so you know figuring out the defense i think would absolutely help out keeping their quarterback upright because you can run the football a little bit more uh maybe throw some more, more offensive wrinkles in that you can't do when you're chasing two to three scores so yeah i think in a in a division like this you have to have a strong defense i think I, the Cardinals did a really good job kind of bolstering your defense a little bit. Obviously, the Rams and the Niners are kind of the better teams when it comes to defense. And I do think the Seahawks do need to kind of come up with more of a scheme on the offensive side of the ball other than three-step drop back, roll out, DK somewhere down the field. So I think – but I do think their defense needs to kind of catch up in the arms race in terms of the NFC West. Yeah, I I would believe they're probably the first – like probably they, they might be the worst defense in – in the division. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm pretty sure I have them finishing third. Actually, let me pull my little graphic up here. I do. I have them finishing third. Um, but part of that is because I'm a little angry with the, uh, with the Cardinals, but uh, why is that? Well, so last year, uh, we all, we've all seen the highlight a, a thousand times of the hail Murray uh. <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny. I watched it and we watched it live and I watched my quarterback march down the field and throw a great ball to Diggs in the end zone for the touchdown. And, you know, then, then we got the hail Murray on the, on the back end for the win. And it was, you heard a lot about it. Uh, you heard a lot about the, 
the idea behind it. And, you know, of course I, I love and hate bill social media. It's, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, why weren't we in prevent defense? I heard things as crazy as we should have had uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen playing high safety to prevent that play. And I'm like, that wasn't a hail Mary. It's called a hail Mary, but it wasn't a hail Mary play. They run, yeah. all, they ran a levels concept with a deep bailout route. And when they realized we weren't going to have another shot, they threw the prayer. And it just so happened one of, if not the best receiver in football came down with it. And I mean, they didn't win another game. That was it. Their season ended. That was the Super Bowl for them. But you'd think, oh, we've got the Bills number. Nah, do you though? Like how was, how was golf season when we were in the AFC uh, championship game? I'm also sour that JJ Watt went there. Um, yeah. I had a lot of respect for JJ Watt. Even after I got force fed him for an entire playoff game the year before, uh, the announce crew gave JJ Watt the Teddy Bruschi treatment where they were just making up stats about the guy. Uh, you know, Teddy, they did it with Teddy Bruschi's game after the stroke. They did it with JJ Watt coming back from injury for the playoff game and just, oh, great throw by Watson. What does JJ Watt think? Panda, Panda JJ Watt. You know, JJ Watt saved a bundle of kittens from a tree before this game, right? Like it was just, <laughs> it was brutal. But I like JJ Watt. And I, I looked and when the Texans gave JJ Watt his papers and said, you can go. Go win a championship because you're ain't gonna you're not gonna win it here. I went. This dude's got that blue collar Buffalo Bills thing written all over him, and what did he do? He went to the highest bidder, and I'm like, I can't fault you for that, but you were already making money on a bad team. You may not even like you. You went to the highest bidder, and you still might finish fourth in the division. It's a very real possibility here. Uh. At minimum, I think they're going to finish third. Like I, th I think that's their best end game here, personally. Uh, and that's just because I don't think if the Niners are healthy and the Rams are healthy, they're just behind. Yeah, and it's not I a agree. fault of their own. They, they made great moves. This team at any other division is fighting for the title. In this division, they'll be lucky to be fighting for a wild card spot. And that's going to depend on what the other divisions look like. Yeah, I, I would agree. J.J. Watt, I... As much as I respect the guy and as much as I would want him, I would want to watch more games of him and be able to go to a Niners game or even go to SoFi. Like, I, I live really close to SoFi. Going to SoFi and getting to see him twice a year, I think he should have gone to the Bills or even the Browns. Like, I think those were just Super Bowl, com like, contenders right now. And I think he deserves a ring. He is one of those guys that everyone kind of just roots for and kind of hopes he kind of just gets one. And – Going to the Cardinals, I, I feel like for him, although it was a big paycheck, it was also the competition. I think he is a guy that really wants to be in the best kind of competition, the best, like play against the best teams. And I think the NFC West is just too, too strong in order to pass up for a guy like him. But yeah. if he would have went to the Bills, I think it would have been a perfect fit. And I think the Bills defense would have got so much stronger, although he's a little bit older, he is a little injury prone. However, I do think he would have been perfect in that defense. So it'll be interesting. I think he also, that pair with Chandler Jones would have been really nice to see. However, with Chandler Jones kind of wanting to get traded, uh, it's kind of uncertain how that defense is going to pan out. But you still have pretty good studs on, on the defense side of the ball, even to pair with J.J. Watt. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I like my boy Jordan Phillips went there. And that's that dude that, you know, he went, he balled out as a bill. And he went and got paid and you can't fault the guy for that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never look at a guy who goes and gets himself paid to like, to say like, Oh, you know, listen, you could have been on a better team. Like, yeah, but I'm not here. Like if there's two ways to look at it, I'm here to get paid or I'm here to win. And then I'll get paid because I won. Uh, Jordan Phillips went, got the big contract, went there. I love him. I will always love that dude. He balled out when he was here. He was a riot to watch. Um, JJ Watt felt like, yeah, you already got paid. Go win. No, I'm yeah, going to get paid sure. again. Eh, okay. Maybe you're not the kind of guy that I want. Yeah, but, I would uh, agree. He, I want to see him win one, but I don't think he's going to do it in the NFC West. No, again, you want to win one. You don't go to the toughest division of football. You know, okay. Maybe you want to prove that you can do it. And yeah, he's injury prone, which, you know, you, you come to a team like Buffalo who rotates their offense or their defensive line as much as we do. Uh, you know, that's, it kind of, kind of saves you a little bit, saves you for those pass heavy downs, those big play downs and kind of lets you coach up the young boys a little bit. 
well, okay, now you're going to go be a three, a three down guy. And hopefully you stay on the field, which actually uh, I'm looking, it looks like, it looks like he's listed on the, on the pup list right now. I'd have to look into why, but. Interesting. I did not, I actually did not know that. Let's see here. Yeah, he's think, he he's definitely on the pup list right now. I think he's gonna also be um he's gonna be a lot he's experiencing soreness in his hamstring there you uh, go. after conditioning um at the first training camp. So I think they're just trying to keep him healthy. I think yep. he'll be a lot of what Richard Sherman was to the Niners in, in terms of their their cornerbacks. Obviously, Richard Sherman, great cornerback, and he is still locked down, but I think JJ Watt's gonna kind of really be the that veteran leadership in the locker room, as well as he's also the plus side. He's also a pretty good football player. So yeah. I think JJ Watt's going to kind of fill that role for the Cardinals defense. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, in this Buda Baker might be one of the best safeties in football right now, you know, having him uh, Malcolm Butler, who looking at their free agent stuff, you know, they lost Patrick Peterson, who's a stud, uh, but they signed Malcolm Butler, who is, you know, I don't know if he's as good as Patrick Peterson, but he's definitely at least as famous with that one play, that one time in that one Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, you know, talk about a guy who can rest his career on one on one highlight. That's the guy. But uh, you know, yeah. brought over AJ Green from the Cardinals, which was their other big move, which I really uh, like. I do too. I'm intrigued to see how he does. Uh, he looked less than himself last year. Uh, obviously, tough to care when you're on a team that's as floundering as the Bengals were. But uh, being on the other side of DeAndre Hopkins also helps. And Larry Fitzgerald can't can't forget. Uh, right, uh, he's has he come out and said he's playing yet, or I haven't seen I'm, anything. I'm not sure. I have a feeling he will come out and play, um, but I don't think he's like officially said anything so far. Yeah, as of uh, as of our current recording, he is yet unsigned. I'm seeing, uh, but I mean, even still. Christian Kirk's not a bad number three. That's not a bad slot guy. Cause I mean, he's, I you know, you don't need D hop or green to take the top off your defense anymore. Cause Kirk can get it done. Um, you know, Kashawn Johnson had a decent year last year from what I recall, uh, filling some roles when people got banged up, you know, they, they drafted a wide receiver in the second round, which we'll get to. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely some, some moves there. But uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what AJ, what, if AJ Green returns to form or if he's just riding the I'm, I'm still AJ Green train. But uh, mm, I think it's a little bit of both. I think he is still riding the I am AJ Green and I used to be a dominant wide receiver in the NFL. However, I do think you don't need him to be the, the AJ Green of past. What you need him to be is a number two wide receiver, a number three, arguably. You have DeAndre Hopkins, like you mentioned. If he's not the number one wide receiver in the NFL, he's top three. And arguably, he's on a topper on the higher end of that list. But you do have A.J. Green, who is also very tall and a, still a touchdown threat. Like, as long as you're somewhere near the end zone, you can just throw that ball up to him and just hope he goes and gets it. And I think the, the tandem of A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins, it's not anything like – like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup or DK and and um, Tyler Lockett. However, they are touchdown threats in the in the end, in the red zone. They're dangerous. And then you have Christian Kirk, and you do have hopefully Larry Fitzgerald will come back and play one more season. Uh, and I think overall the core is pretty. It's a good backup to their Batman. I think AJ Green can be a good Robin to obviously DeAndre Hopkins being Batman. And they will have no problems with kind of having a bolstered wide receiver core, especially with Kyler Murray back there. For sure. And I mean, we already talked about how I have this weird hang up with the Cardinals. I want to like them. I do, but <laughs> I don't for a bunch of reasons. And one of them is I can't root for two teams in the same division and I'm already a Niners fan. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, looking at it, there's to, for me, there's a lot of ifs and a lot of buts on here. Uh, which is why I have them finishing last in the division, because when your entire season runs on, you know, if AJ green can return to somewhat, you know, if, if AJ green can be to the Cardinals, what John Brown was to the bills last year, they'll have a good season. If, uh, if AJ green can stay healthy, he hasn't really in two years. If maybe even three, if memory serves, um, you know, if Malcolm Butler can play like 
the Malcolm Butler that won a Super Bowl ring for the Patriots. If, if Larry Fitzgerald comes back, if uh, I, I will tell you, I believe that D hop is the best receiver in football. Uh, everything you talk about, everybody else doing well, he does better. Uh, you know, he, he runs routes like Stefan Diggs. He's got the size like uh, DK Metcalf. He's got the speed like any guy at the top of the list. And he's got the biggest hands in the game. I mean, his hands are massive. It's disgusting. Yeah. So, you know, the dude can do everything anybody can do. And he does most of it better than, than all of them. So I would put him at number one with, you know, Diggs and uh, Adams at a very close two, three with each other, but just yeah. a tick behind him. I, I, I would agree with you. I think the problem with D-Hop for me right now, especially like for those fantasy owners, those fantasy football players, is that he's not really into getting the, I don't know about bringing this up, but the vaccination. Like he right now had, had mentioned, or he had mentioned a couple weeks ago that he wasn't planning on getting, he was actually thinking about not playing. So I think if, like you said, another if, if he gets that vaccine, if he gets vaccinated or even plays without being unvaccinated or being unvaccinated, it's going to be a huge question mark throughout the season. Cause if he gets sick or if the Cardinals have to forfeit, or even if he doesn't play, I think if he doesn't play the wide receiver core for the Cardinals just aged 30 years, 20, yeah. 20, 30 years. And now you're playing with two guys who have been holding on to the game for quite too long and Christian Kirk. Yeah. And although I love AJ Green and I have a lot of respect for Larry Fitzgerald, that doesn't get it done in, in the NFL. In 20, now. not in 2021. Yeah, maybe, not in maybe, 2021. maybe in 2014 it did, but not anymore. Yeah. If, if they were playing in 2014, 2015, Larry, the tandem of Larry Fitzgerald and AJ Green would be in comparison of having that DK or Tyler Lockett. But if D hop doesn't play this season, it'll be a huge question mark for sure. Yeah. And that, you know, that's, even if he does play, uh, obviously there's always the risk of injury too. Um, you know, which you don't ever want to wish that, but if, if for any reason, Deandre Hopkins isn't on the field, this team takes a huge step back offensively. Um, you know, Chase Edmonds is, you know, they lost, uh, Kenyon Drake, who I, I, I've always liked Kenyon Drake. Um, and he's, he's kind of in that category, like, uh, Lamar Miller for me, that he's never gotten a fair shake at being the guy anywhere. But everywhere he goes, he's effective. So uh, looking at their depth chart here, you know, they got Chase Edmonds. Uh, James Conner is currently on the COVID list. Jonathan Ward, Eno Benjamin, Taven Feaster, and Ito Smith. So, I mean, not a whole lot there. Not a whole lot to call home about. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully their offensive line holds up, which obviously a good offensive line can make an average running game better. But um yeah, I, I actually do believe James Conner could take the starting role in, in the backfield, and I think Chase Edmonds can kind of back him up. I think Conner went healthy and went playing. I think his last season with the Steelers was not indicative to how good of a running back he is, and I don't think the Steelers kind of gave him a fair shake considering they were kind of relying too much on Big Ben and, and that offense and the just airing out the ball when – realistically big ben is kind of towards the way out um but i think now with a younger quarterback who obviously has a very good wide receiver core they can make james Conner an effective running back and i and i do see him taking the reins of the backfield at, at some point in the season yeah and there's always the uh the big the big marketability of having a, an athlete like kyler murray behind uh or under center yeah, just a guy that can make plays uh you know we yeah. saw it last year specifically on the Hale Murray play, you know, popped his hips a little bit, made a defensive lineman trip over his own feet, thinking he was going to make the tackle or have to stop and reverse field and took three more steps, popped his feet and actually made a great throw to the end zone. Uh, you know, the athletic ability there, you can't understate and having a guy who is an athlete with you in the backfield as a running back definitely helps. Uh, you know, if you can, you know, no, nobody believes that big Ben's going to pull the ball on a read option play. Yeah. You know, it's if if it's a read option, it's a, it's an RPO. Uh, it's not a I'm going to pull this and go and hit the edge, like you see. Like Kyler Murray, on the other hand, can not only pull it and get get you to the edge, he can beat you. He can actually take it to the house every time he does it. Uh, and we we've, we've seen that a couple times in his young career. Um, I I'm not completely sold that he's an elite passer. 
Uh, I believe he's a very good passer. I would put him in the upper half of the league, but I don't know if he's got enough, which is why having a good running game could de- and a good defense will definitely help him shine a little bit more. Uh, and again, if that receiving core goes down, we're going to find out just how good of a passer he is because, you know, when you're, when you don't have the best in the game to throw to, how well do you do? So, yeah, I, w- I would agree. And I think I'm going to go out here and kind of say something a little bold, but I do think he is bold claims are what we do. Bold claims might as well be the name of the show. <laughs> yeah, I do think he's a mini Lamar. I think in terms of all aspects of the game, great athlete, very fast individual can make plays with his feet, but just like Lamar, his arm is slightly in question. Obviously Lamar and, and Kyler can, can sling it, but I do think they aren't as elite passers as they are elite quarterbacks overall. And I think Kyler Murray kind of does what Lamar does pretty well, just not as well as, as Lamar and, and kind of has that step back, obviously in his size, but I think his arm isn't the most accurate at times. And he, his legs are pretty good. Obviously Lamar, in addition to being fast, Lamar can just break down a defense with his legs and kind of his shifty movements. But I would say Kyler is like a mini Lamar. Yeah, I uh, he's he's a mini Lamar. He's not as good with his feet as Lamar. I think he's he might be twice the thrower that Lamar is. Yes, uh, Lamar's arm has never impressed me, but uh, you know it's it's just one of those things that he he does it good enough. You know he's he's athletic enough. Uh, when you're when you walk on the field, like I, and I've said it till and I'll say it till the day I die, Lamar Jackson is the most is the best athlete on any field he steps on. It doesn't mean he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think. Kyler is one of the best athletes that steps on the field every Sunday. It doesn't mean he's a great quarterback. I think he's a better quarterback than Lamar. I think he's a a really good quarterback, but I don't know. He, you know, we talk about, can, can a quarterback win you a game? Well, yeah, he did last year. We talked about Hale Murray a bunch. Uh, That was a great play by D hop. D hop went and got that ball. That was a, that was a prayer into triple coverage. I, I don't know if any other receiver comes down with that. Uh, that's, but that's just me. Um, so that being said, now we look at what the Cardinals did in the draft, which they picked up Zaven Collins, who is an inside linebacker from Tulsa slated to start day one. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of big love for him. Then in the second round, they took Rondell Moore, who is a wide receiver from Purdue who will push for that, uh, that, that uh, any spot on the field, I would assume if you're taking a receiver in the second round, you're, you're hoping he pushes for time on the field, uh, even possibly toward if you see a Calvin or uh, AJ green injury type thing, you know, he might or be a guy that could step up. Yep. Or Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald doesn't come play. back. Yeah. Uh, then they took in the fourth round, Marco Wilson, a corner from Florida in the sixth round, Victor Dimakahi outside linebacker from Duke, uh, <laughs> Tay Gowan, a cornerback from UCF. And then in the seventh round, they took James Wiggins, a safety from Cincinnati, and Michael Mennett, an offensive lineman from Penn State. So looking to address some issues there, maybe get some depth to the field and hopefully have answers to those ifs if the ifs go the wrong way. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Cardinals have a very asterisk type season this season. I think if if it all works out, it'll be a good season and we'll see four teams in one division that could potentially make the playoffs. But if, if it doesn't work out, you could potentially see the Cardinals kind of struggle all season. And obviously you could say that about any team, but realistically, I think just at the age, some of their better players are at and at the I feel like they're lacking in a lot of ways. However, I would say they're more put together than the Seahawks. It's just that the Seahawks have a lot more firepower, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Cardinals are as boom or bust as you get. Yeah, for sure. Um, so last question here. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm going to assume you have your 49ers taking the division. Yes, uh, definitely. Who, who do you got falling two, three, and four? Oh, that's difficult. I listened to what you had mentioned earlier about the Seahawks being three. I'm a, I'm a little toss up. I could see the Seahawks really going too. I think the Seahawks, we always have a problem with the Seahawks. They're always like there. Like they're like a, they're always there and they're always annoying and they're always competitive. However, I, their defense is a big question for me. 
I do, I am a big defensive guy. Defense is, I think is, it is important to me. And I think the Rams just are just overall stronger on that side of the field. And their offense arguably can be just as boom as the Seahawks are. Um, Matthew Stafford, obviously not the most mobile quarterback amongst the three or four that arguably that are in the division. However, he does have a strong arm. He's a veteran. He, you can obviously, you obviously know he can do well on a team that doesn't have as many weapons as the Rams do. So I would agree with you. I would probably go Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, uh, with the Cardinals not being too far along. I don't, I don't think any of these teams will have a losing record. I think they'll all be either in the winning record or be just about there, but I don't see them being one or two games behind each other. And I think it'll be a, a tough race to the playoffs and obviously an interesting playoff this season with, I do believe all the NFC West, NFC West teams make it this season. Yeah. I, I would love to see obviously a division where everybody, everybody makes it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. Obviously I have some, uh, some reservations on some of the teams, but I, uh, I definitely, I, I like this division. I'm excited to watch this division. Um, and I, I, I'll tell you, man, I, it's been a long time since I could say that I was excited for an entire division of play, but it's hard. It's hard not to be in this one. Um, you know, I just, just because of the talent and the moves that were made, it's, it's definitely, definitely something I'm looking forward to outside of obviously my intense bills fandom. So, um, this will be the point of the show where I tell you, you get to pump and plug anything that you'd like to, that is yours. Uh, any projects you got going on, any, you know, anything at all, man. So it's, uh, it's your time to, to wrap it up and we'll go from there. All right, cool. Yeah. I would just honestly take a look at sports host. Uh, obviously this is where Derek and I did meet and we kind of started uh, this football conversation. Obviously I had a podcast when we first started and now I'm, I'm here on yours and it's been a great kind of full circle. Obviously I, I'm not too active in sports host like I was prior, obviously starting grad score or whatnot, but I would definitely recommend for all of you sports fans that really enjoy football and every other sport that you can possibly think of, definitely go into sports host podcast or sports host and just meet the other individuals and the other fans worldwide. Uh, I am obviously a Niners fan, but I'm also a huge Bills fan. I'm a huge believer in Josh Allen and what they got going down in Buffalo. And that is one reason I am, I was truly invested in, in sports. Health. I was able to kind of speak with the Bills fandom. And I obviously met Derek and was able to kind of put the, my, my own Niners aside and kind of really listen and kind of talk about how the Bills are going to do in the season. And we had some good conversations last season. So I definitely recommend if all of you really just want to meet other fans worldwide, nationwide, and kind of want to get that fandom going, definitely recommend going on to Sports Host and kind of checking out what they got to offer. Yeah, the Sports Host app is a lot of fun. Um, you know, and like I said, if, you, if you're looking for a spot to just talk sports and have friendly conversation, whether you agree or don't, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a an angry or toxic reply from anybody to anything. Um, I've, I've been part of some, some spirited debates on there and it never once turns into, you know, you're a jerk, you're an idiot type thing. Uh, it's always, you know, definitely people who are willing to see other sides and, you know, my say it's also, it's made me, uh, myself be better about that too, because, you know, sometimes I like to just grunt and roll my eyes and, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting to be on a platform that, that really it's, it not only does it doesn't exist, but it, it also wouldn't be tolerated if it, if it did. Uh, the entire thing is just to be united by sports. Uh, I myself am trying to get as, you know, get back to being as active as I was, uh, obviously with a lot of projects going on on my end. Uh, I try to post when I can and, you know, come converse when I can, but it's definitely something fun to, to, to look into and to check out. Uh, and I do post a link to that under every episode that hats, tats and stats puts out. Uh, I will also reshare the link and whatnot for across our social media. Uh, that being said, Ed, my man, <laughs> been a great time, buddy. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you inviting me onto the show. It, it's been a lot of fun. I obviously I enjoy talking football, especially Niners, uh, Niners football, and it's been it's been a great time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, for those of you listening at home, 
Hat Stats and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Go to the podcast tab, click on sports and find our logo. Click on that. You can find every episode we've ever put out. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, also on the Sports Host app, we have our own little page called the Network Sports Talk Show that we try to share everything that the sports shows from our network does. Uh, you can check that out, sign up. It's a great time. Uh, like, follow, share, subscribe. You can hear us on our website, plus Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcast ear juice from. That being said, that'll do it for this week's episode and our NFC West preview. Uh, again, I'd like to thank Edward for coming on, and that'll do it for this week. We'll catch you guys next time. All right, y'all. The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. In a post-apocalyptic world, decimated by a global pandemic, two men will arise to talk about movies. Featuring the quote king, Austin Kelm, the wizard of Jaws, Derek Jaws, they are the Podducers.